uh, what were you doing? What was your girlfriend doing with the company cards for company purposes uh, and so forth and so forth? So, and, so I was like, like, yeah, super young guy. So like, oh, <laughs> totally embarrassed. So I started explaining like, yeah, but it's not the case. It was just parked a bit further. That was all. So, and then he started to become really nice and, and so forth. But it was like, yeah, that was a, I, I felt really bad for, for a few weeks, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how something like that is so notable. And, uh, you know, it's funny now, but if you're on the flip side and you're the one yeah. in the boss's chair, you're like, okay, yeah, maybe that gives you a bit more perspective. But at the same time, like you were brand new, that was your first job. And at the end of the day, we're dealing with people who are coming into the job market or changing jobs or into a scale up where there's literally multiple jobs that you might end up taking on. Uh, but it's, it's funny. It was funny to see you light up sort of flashback to that. Um, yeah, exactly. That 50 years ago. So. <laughs> and how about you, Bob, any, uh, any, any traumatic uh, performance reviews that you can think of? I wonder about traumatic, but I remember <laughs> early in my career, I had a, a new engineering manager and he was this big guy from West Point, which is the, uh, like the Academy for the U S army. Exactly. And, um, he called me into his office to get to know each other. He said, don't surprise me. I won't surprise you. And <laughs> <laughs> he was a man of few words, but, uh, yeah, we got along great like that. So. Awesome. Well, speaking of words today, the four of us, we're going to put all of our words together here on the Scale Up Heroes podcast. And what we do each week, we bring in heroes, people who are actually living, breathing the battles that are the scale of battlefield. And today we're going to be talking particularly in engineering about how to create better performance reviews, whether there should even be performance reviews, um, the traumatizing stories of reviews, uh, uh, reviews in the past have gone, gone good or bad, either uh, on the front of the desk or with your sitting uh, behind the desk. And the idea here is to gather the expertise of our guests and really help those who are out there in their scale-up process, pull it all together, and it's all brought together by the Scale-Up Academy. If you want to check out other of these episodes, check out scaleacademy.io. My name is Ryan Fullen. I'm a global keynote speaker, and I'm the host of the show. I kick it off with some energy. I take all kinds of notes, and at the end of the show, I bring it back to where I sum it all up into a nice well, let's just call it a performance review of the show. <laughs> I'm going to kick it off by handing it off to the man, Pedro, who is going to bring his energy. I'll be reviewing you, sir. I have a good chance. You're going to do well. Okay. So we're going to set you up for success here. Uh, but I'll let you take it. And I usually chirp in a few times with some questions, but I'm really going to be listening, 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 which uh, I feel is a good skill if somebody's going to review me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Ryan. So hi, everyone. Welcome to the, today's show. <clears throat> so right today, we have Bob Vincent. So he's director of engineering at Better Cloud. So he's in Atlanta right now. And we also have Dieter uh, Watchters. I hope I didn't. <laughs> Watchters, yeah. So it Don't was worry. kind of <laughs> VP of engineering at Colibra. So he's in Belgium, Antwerp. Cool. So just like Ryan said, so today's topic is performance reviews. Okay. So this is something that usually in tech companies, they are, we have been uh, seeing performance reviews everywhere. It's almost like the norm today. 
so to speak. Um, and so we definitely wanted to kind of talk about this, understanding exactly the ups and downs of performance reviews, when you should have one, uh, and so on and so forth. <clears throat> cool. So I think that we can actually start up with our usual questions so that people can actually understand a little bit more who are our our speakers and their kind of, you know, the, the company, kind of, so that people can relate a little bit more with you. So uh, I think we can start with you, Dieter. Um, so you're a, v a director of engineering. So can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, your responsibilities, uh, the size of your engineering team, and even, you know, something about Calibra, if you like? Yeah, sure. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm VP engineering at Calibra. So uh, Calibra is a bit, uh, almost 11 years old now. Uh, I started at Calibra about seven and a half years ago uh, as leading engineering. Back then, Calibra was about 10 people strong. Uh, so engineering was probably something yeah, about five people, I guess. Uh, right now, Colibra is uh, probably a bit over 450 people. Uh, and the engineering team is about 130. Uh, so uh, uh, during those years, I've been growing the engineering team uh, up until this size. Uh, and recently, actually since a few months, uh, I starting, started focusing specifically on the uh, platform side uh, of the product. Uh, so we hired a senior VP engineering uh, to lead the entire team and, and take the next step in, in growth so I can focus on the, on the platform side of things. Very, very well. Uh, how about you, Bob? Uh, yeah, thank you. So I'm a director of engineering at BetterCloud. Uh, I'm responsible for uh, development of our capabilities around ingesting data uh, and events from SaaS applications and providing ways to find interesting patterns and outliers in that data. Um, organizationally, um, I manage a team. I've got close to 20 direct reports. We're kind of flat. Um, our engineering department has about uh, 45 engineers right now, but our technology group, which also consists of like platform and security, uh, we're totaling at around 90 right now and about 200 people in the company overall. Better Cloud's been around for a little over six, seven years. Uh, I've been here for about a year. Cool. Very, very well. Okay, so uh, one thing that is actually very interesting is that you, your companies, you know, in terms of engineering, they are quite, quite a, a good size right now. So I imagine that probably when you started the company, <clears throat> obviously in your case, Bobby, you joined one year ago, but for instance, Dieter definitely kind of went through the whole steps. And definitely I'm pretty sure that when you were like 10 guys, no one ever wondered about performance reviews, right? It was just about kind of having fun, building a product and pretty much seeing if on the next month you actually had cash to continue. Uh, that's pretty much the start of life. Uh, but obviously, one thing that I'm pretty sure is that as soon as you hit that 100 uh, people mark, uh, you know, even with 90, like Bob said, people started to get a little bit more demanding, not in a bad way, but definitely want a little bit more. And then is then exactly when the conversations about, you know, performance reviews, career ladders, they actually really need to appear because that's something that people usually tend to ask for that. So, Dieter, in terms of, of uh, Calibra, so when did the, actually the performance review started or how, how did they even happen if actually you have them? Yeah, uh, yeah, good question. And I agree, in, in the beginning where you're really small, you're mostly hiring crazy people who are very entrepreneurial and want to really jump into a big adventure, right? Uh, so for them, it's, it's all about the, the company working hard to make it successful. Uh, but actually, we started pretty early on with, with some kind of a performance review, uh, but more to uh, 
less formal, but, but more to have like an informal chat, uh, which is a bit guided. So actually, I think when we were about, uh, let's say company-wide, 25, 30 people, uh, we started introducing a, a kind of a, a questionnaire that the people needed to look at up front. Uh, and it's, it's more like, like a checklist, like, hey, let's go into a conversation together and, and maybe think about this. How, how did you think you performed yourself? Uh, how is the uh, communication with your colleagues? Uh, how do you see the company strategy? Uh, do you think it's clear enough? And all of those things. So we, we kind of tried to build a small checklist just to get a couple of topics for people to think about up front uh, and actually to guide a bit of the conversation. Uh, otherwise, yeah, with engineers especially, you might get into a, a two-minute conversation uh, not knowing what to say. Uh, but if you have them think about certain di different aspects of, of their their, uh, their job and not just the code they're writing, that, that really helps on, on driving a, a broader conversation. So it seems that it, it kind of first started almost like feedback sessions, you know, all about kind of telling what you like on a person or not, you know, what the room for improvements that person had. And then obviously, and, but today do you have something a little bit more formal, kind of, you know, like saying, okay, so you're from one to 10, you're an eight or not really. Yeah, so, so right now, uh, back then we didn't have an HR team. So right now we have a full-fledged, well-working HR team. Uh, so they, they introduced a, a couple of things, uh, not too much, which I think is, is good. Uh, it needs to be, uh, be still open enough and not too formal. Uh, but basically, we're working uh, currently with, with a five-point system. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think that that's very, very common, I would say. Yep. <laughs> uh, I believe it's, it's still very difficult, right? You, you're still rating people, uh, which is very difficult and often also very subjective. Uh, so I, I have a lot of difficulties with, with that. So, so typically uh, people end up as a, as a three or a four or in, also in some cultures, people are offended when they're not a five. Uh, so it, it, it's really difficult, really culture dependent sometimes as well uh, and, and so forth. Uh, but actually recently we, we started using uh, BetterWorks uh, and, and we have a, an official uh, annual uh, performance review uh, system actually. Uh, but but recently we also started uh, because we, we started uh, using BetterWorks more and more. We actually also getting getting into a, a quarterly a bigger check in, uh, and actually we're we're running some tests with, with uh, teams that are actually doing biweekly check ins. So very very small check ins uh, where you get like five questions again to prepare. Uh, like a, uh, how are you feeling? Uh, uh, what went well this week, uh, what are your worries, and, and so forth. So uh, just five basic questions, uh, again, to, to guide the conversation. Um, and it's bi-weekly, so, so it, it's really uh, short. Yeah. Because I really believe in, in actually continuous feedback, right? Uh, in, in an ideal situation, you, you wouldn't need to. Uh, people should never be surprised, like, hey, why didn't you tell me this earlier? <laughs> I'm doing something wrong or whatever. So, so you want to give a continuous feedback as much as possible. So uh, yeah, that's where radical candor comes in. Uh, and that's what I, what I really like, yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so, and, and what about you, Bob? So I, I, we know that, so we do join just one last year. So I imagine that you probably also have performance reviews in place in Better Cloud. Um, so tell us a little bit more about that. So how does it work on your side? Uh, when did you kind of probably know when, uh, when the performance review kicked, kicked in in the company or not? So tell us a little bit more about that. I'm not really sure the uh, the history, but uh, what we do uh, currently is uh, twice a year. We we actually do have a a, a more semi formal review, though. Uh, like Dieter was saying, like very much into just regular continuous feedback um, on the uh, the biannual. What we do there uh, is we focus more on uh, smart goals um, and just making sure that people are looking ahead, planning for their career. Um, you know, not just focused on uh, you know, the work that's currently in front of them because it's easy to you know, just get drowned in that and then time flies by quickly. So uh, the goals are great, but then we also uh, formally go over uh, both like satisfaction and contribution. We score both of those things on a, uh, a one to five. Um, the, uh, the New York office, the HR people kind of make fun of the Atlanta engineering group for wanting to use decimals in there. It's like, oh, it's a 4.5. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's the, uh, the scale we work with. And, um, you know, in between there, um, you know, I'm doing one-on-ones with all my direct reports. And, you know, during that, yeah, for sure. You know, that's, and that's a, a two-way conversation, right? So I really want to make sure that I'm listening and hearing what's going on with them and catching things before they become issues. You know, like just making sure that, um, you know, they're on track with their goals. Uh, we also have a, a, a career ladder, mm-hmm. um, something you talked about in your last uh, episode. Yeah. And that we actually tied that pretty closely to uh, performance and contribution. So we've got about eight different levels for uh, the technical track for engineers. And it's split out uh, pretty nice. A lot of time and attention was put into that. Um, it's split out into things like sphere of influence, uh, professionalism and technical skills, right? So, yep. um, you know, for where a person is at, we're looking at those pretty regularly because I'm trying to encourage people to, you know, go through and, you know, get promoted, work their way up that ladder. Yeah, cool. Very, very nice. Um, you know, actually, that's <clears throat> so. Uh, I think that's some some things that that were already mentioned here. Definitely things that I can relate to a lot. Uh, so definitely the one to ones. The I think it's it's pretty much on the on the tool belt of any of any manager. And if you today if you're not doing one to ones, you definitely are doing it wrong, uh, or you're too busy. And then probably you just really need to refocus because if you're not busy with your people, uh, definitely there is something wrong with your priorities. Um, and, and also <clears throat> the thing that we are talking about the scale definitely he refers to the talk that we use the scale too from one to five um and our evaluation cycle is every six months um and that's actually something that is that i found very interesting that is <clears throat> i've worked in previous companies where the evaluation cycle was actually quarterly so we had four evaluation cycles per year and that is something that usually or in theory it should be good, right? Because just like Dieter said, and I truly believe in that, you should con- receive continuous feedback or at least the loop should be as short as possible. Um, but one thing that I found that it was very uh, surprising was that actually people got much more anxious of having quarterly uh, performance reviews than let's say every six weeks. <clears throat> and why? Because for instance, well, I think that one year 
it tends to be a lot of time, right? So, you know, like one year to receive feedback or, you know, to, to understand exactly the type of performance that the company believes you are. I think it's way, way too much. Um, six months seems like almost like a little sweet spot. Um, what I've understood uh, with quarterly re uh, performance reviews was that people were constantly being anxious, you know, because they felt, okay, two months of work, oh God, here he goes again. This, this is the month of the review and people start getting anxious. And all of a sudden I didn't get the promotion. And then you see the pattern re repeated every quarter and people getting anxious because of that of given moment, which in, my, in theory shouldn't happen like that. I don't know if any of you had that sort of experience or any thoughts about having two shorter of, uh, of performance cycles. Yeah, I agree. Uh, a year is definitely long, right? To, to remember, it takes you a lot of time to go back in time and for, for each person to see, okay, what happened and, and so forth. And it feels very artificial, right? Uh, that, that's why, why, yeah, people shouldn't be anxious about the performance review because they should know what's coming. Uh, and that's the situation you want, you want to get to. Uh, and actually, the, the, I, for me, a performance review is successful when it is a non-issue, non right? A non-event. Yes. Um, when it's just like, yeah, we, we, we talked about this. Let's maybe summarize what we talked about in our one-on-ones in the past few months uh, and maybe have like a, a bit of a bigger one-on-one uh, to kind of summarize. And, and uh, that should be it. Uh, nobody should be, should be anxious or nervous about it. I agree. I agree. What about you, Bob? Do you have any thoughts? Um, we don't even call any of our, uh, you know, check-ins a, a performance review, right? The, uh, uh, the biannual thing I mentioned, we call that just uh, the SMART goals uh, review and contribution and performance is really worked in there. Um, but um, yeah, it's not something that we really bring attention to. And, you know, we look at just constantly being able to grow, improve, and promote people uh, throughout the year. So, you know, it's uh, a bit of a meritocracy, meritocracy if you will. Uh, engineers can advance through the career get, uh, ladder at their own pace. And as they do, then they move up into essentially like a different pay band, right? And mm -hmm. I try to reward them that way. No, yeah, that, we, that makes sense. Go ahead, we, go. we also do the, the leather all the time, right? Because you, you have a need for, yeah, for new roles, especially when you're growing fast, things are changing so fast. You cannot wait until half of the year or the full year until, yeah, you put a new manager in charge or, or whatever. Uh, and we, we try to, to promote from within a lot. So we try to make, make a healthy balance. Uh, so, yeah, you need to do it continuously, of course. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally, I agree. And, you know, and one thing that uh, I've been reading a lot on the internet regarding this topic, and one thing that I've that I've seen is that I have uh, I, I we kind of see a trend of people that actually don't believe a lot in performance reviews, you know. Um, and one thing that I kind of understand is, uh, at the very end, if you don't manage the performance review properly, so let's say with smarter goals or something like that, if you actually put a lot of emphasis on that, it seems like. At, at the very end of the year, of the quarter, of the six months or so, is it's all about that review, right? It's all about the stamp. Uh, am I okay? Am I average? Am I exceptional? Exceed expectations? So it's all about kind of a stamp that you put into people. But I actually believe that these performance reviews or whatever you want to call it, it's all about my development being professional or being personal, right? It's all about how, how much of an engineer have I grown since the last time that we talked, right? Uh, and it seems that actually sometimes it's actually the upside down. So it's all about kind of the, the output. I want to have a four or a five, not about the outcome. 
It's actually about how better am I today compared with the last six months, for instance. And that's what I usually tend to see people much more focusing on the STEM than actually on the, on the benefits of it all. I don't know if you agree or share my opinion or not. Yeah, uh, I, I do agree. The, the most difficult thing, I think, as I mentioned, the, the continuous evaluation is, is important. The most difficult thing is, yeah, typically in your budgeting cycle and HR cycle, you have a, a one time per year, you decide on, on salary increases or, or bonuses and so forth. Uh, and that's why, why mostly it's also then when, when your, uh, when your re yearly reviews or, or whatever are done. Um, and that's a difficult thing, even if you work towards a, a continuous uh, feedback loop, yeah, you still need to have that one moment per year where you'll communicate salary increases or whatever, and then people will need to understand, yeah, why is that? I thought you were happier with me or, or whatever. Uh, so, yeah. So it's still that sensitive moment you will still always have uh, unless you, you also totally change that. Uh, but that's typically more difficult uh, in companies to, to change. Yep, I agree. Bob, do you want to add anything? Uh, no, nothing really to add to that. I, you know, it, you sparked a lot of old memories for, uh, for me when I was in companies that did the annual review, you know, there was that uh, nervous tension and you would see colleagues kind of puffing up and showing off, you know, leading up to them. And then after that, you know, it's kind of back into coast time or something. So, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of weird psychology that takes place around that. Pedro, if I can chirp in for a second here, one of the things that, you know, you mentioned this, this concept of what I'm calling push or pull. And if a truly a successful performance review is, all right, no change, no harm, no foul, we're good, let's go, let's check in and move on. Um, I'm curious from a leadership standpoint, especially nowadays where personal branding is top of mind and it's not just about professional development because professional development is let's train you to become better at your job, which is self-serving for the company. But if you also mix in, look, we want to not only get you better at your job, but help you set yourself up for success in your career, whether it's here or somewhere else, and just gaining that loyalty and trust. Talk to me about um, the push versus pull when it comes to getting these engineers out of their shell, because we know typically they're a bit more introverted and maybe they're not going to take the step and be like, yeah, I want to, you know, do you have an opportunity for me to speak on behalf of the company? Or do you have a chance for me to contribute to a LinkedIn post? I really want to put myself out there. Secretly, they're like, I don't want to get in trouble. I want to get as high on a 1.5. But from a managerial standpoint, what are some of the tactics that you use to actually pull versus push, right? Because if somebody who's across the desk isn't like, I really want to develop myself personally, but you see something in them, you're like, you really could take on a little bit more leadership. You could gain some more internal influence how do you judge that between the push and the pull? Like check the boxes or let's really sit down and see how we can move you forward. Yeah. I think at least in my opinion, um, I think that the pull usually doesn't come up naturally. Um, so usually people are really dig into the code, you know, with their ID open or their Vim editor or something like that. And they just want kind of to code, right? So everybody's too busy to think about that. So I think that uh, for us as a manager, for me as a manager, uh, I really need to actually to kind of to understand them, the importance of that, so that, that when they are ready, they will pull. So I kind of try to push the urgency of that development so that later on it will trigger a pull when the person is ready for that. But at least that's that's from my experience. I don't know about the detail involved. 
Yeah, that, that, that's also uh, why we are doing those checklists, basically, is, is to, to have people think about that, because otherwise, yeah, the reaction will just be talking about the code or actually getting into very operational things during a one-on-one. Or, or, uh, but that's really why, why we have that checklist. And one of the questions there is like, yeah, what, do I, what ideas do you have for improving your role or for improving the company or, or whatever? Uh, and actually, also as a company, we we spend uh, a lot of time on on the company values and the behaviors uh, attached to that. Uh, we recently did actually did a did a session with all of engineering and product management together, uh, talking about uh, our, our values and the behaviors attached to that. Um, and that actually brings a lot of awareness for people to think about those kinds of things as well. Like, how do I need to behave to be a good colleague? It's not just about writing good code, but it's also about yeah, collaborating with, with colleagues and, and, and so forth. Uh, and for example, yeah, if you want to become a manager, maybe five or 10 years, well, what are kind of the behaviors I need to show to be able to, to get there? It's not just about becoming the best developer to become a development manager, right? often on the contrary. Uh, so that, uh, I, I think uh, creating awareness in the company to think about all of these different things and then yeah, having people think about it very consciously is, is, is kind of the, the trick to do that. I agree very well. Yeah, for me, I try to set things up that um, make that more of like not something that they have to initiate, but things that they you know would want to fill, uh, like regular lunch and learn spots, right? So hosting that on a regular basis and you know making it easy to sign up for that. Um, now, part of our career guide also, uh, like I said, we have a few different uh, general categories, like in our professionalism and sphere of influence. We've got things there for people at different levels to get out and start, you know, communicating ideas, working uh, in a in a broader group of people. So encouraging lunch and learns, blog posts, things like that. Um, those are specific things that, like, we even have in the uh, in the career guide. Oh, absolutely, very well. <clears throat> Another thing that I've been that I've kind of experienced uh, throughout my career is that the thing that I really kind of dislike on the performance review, uh, regardless of, you know, it is what it is, but I think that at the very end, it's something that is pretty much like a side effect is that <clears throat> usually people are kind of, it's very, very rare for someone to actually to come out really happy of a performance review because typically, or A, you're a top performer, you know that you will get what you're expecting. So for you, it's just a meh, like, okay, I was expecting that. So it's just like, almost like Christmas, you, you chose your present. So you know exactly what you're going to get. Or someone actually is going to be very disappointed, you know, and we already talked about that, right? Let's say, for instance, we are not doing the one-to-ones or we are not having like honest feedback or, you know, the right conversations. And usually, let's say, I believe that I'm a five and all of a sudden I'm a four or I'm a three or even worse, right? Uh, so one thing that I kind of, uh, kind of, you know, it's very hard for me is that usually I, I don't see a lot of happy people during this kind of season, right? Or those, those, during those evaluation periods because usually it can only get worse, right? It's like people getting disappointed. Usually kind of triggers uh, some churn, right? Because, okay, so if I can't do it here, so I'm just moving to another company, for instance. So that's one of the side effects of, uh, of typically a bad managed uh, performance reviews. <clears throat> and actually, you know, this is actually not a lot of people's fault because even uh, there is an effect, it's called um, Dunning-Kruger, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, that effect is pretty cool. So uh, you can see a lot of images on the internet. It's when a cat actually looks into the mirror and on the mirror, you see a lion. 
So you, when you believe that actually you're way, way better than you actually are, so you're just going to get disappointed. And that's something that is very, very hard to, to manage that sort of expectation than delivering such a bad news. So I don't know the sort of experience that you guys have with that. Yeah, it's, it's definitely true. Uh, like it feels you, you can only do bad things unless you give them a five. Uh, what, I, what I also found difficult is that, uh, especially in those seven years, we, we've been changing very fast as a company. So yeah, people's task is constantly different or the context is totally different. And then you, if you try to compare to, to last year, yeah, maybe last year, though, those cool innovative things you were doing, those were really cool and meant a lot to the company. But after a year, you're still doing the same ones. Uh, and now it's not that valuable anymore, maybe, or, or yeah, there's, there's not 20 other people doing the same, similar things. So yeah, the context changing. So yeah, then they're surprised. Maybe last year you got a five for doing that and now you get a four. Uh, so wh why is that? And, and that, that it's, it's extremely difficult, right? Uh, very difficult to stay objective, first of all, as well, but, but also, yeah, to, to find the balance on, on what is good at this point in time. I agree. Anything, uh, Bob? Yeah, we do uh, something um, a little different that's structured through our HR department, actually. But, uh, you know, I mentioned twice a year we do SMART goals and uh, satisfaction and contribution scores. Those satisfaction and contribution scores are something that we also do throughout the year. HR will post a form out um, monthly to, you know, all employees. And then I also meet with a, um, an HR person and go over all of my direct reports and give my impression of what their satisfaction and contribution scores are. And, you know, like bring up different uh, problems that people might be having or trends that I'm seeing. And they will help kind of reconcile if I'm giving someone a, you know, like what, I, what typically happens here is I'll give someone a four or something, you know, kind of a high review and they're giving themselves a two. Yeah, they don't feel like they're doing too much. And I, you know, have to go and remind them that, hey, you really are, you know, doing a good job. But, um, you know, I, I really like having that two ways. So in addition to just regular feedback and conversations through one-on-ones, sometimes you miss things or people will kind of mask, uh, you know, like satisfaction problems or something like that. Um, so being able to, to let them kind of place themselves there and see how you, how you reconcile, again, doing that monthly, uh, we try to catch that pretty early. I've got a question to chirp in here. And one of my main philosophies that I talk about is that people don't care what you do. They don't care what your company does. Instead, they care more about the problem that the company solves or the problem that the employees are solving. So my question is a simple do you, in these performance reviews, do you ever address straight up, like, can you clarify as an employee, I know you know your job description, but can you just tell me the problems or the problem that you're focused on solving right now? Um, you know, do you ever take the performance review as a chance to kind of ask them about their ability to communicate what they do? Uh, and a lot of times I find executives can explain very well what they do and what the company does. But if you meet one of your engineers uh, at a bar uh, and it's like, hey, what do you do? And they're like, uh, uh, well, I'm, uh, 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 I don't know. Do you ever use the performance reviews as an opportunity to say, hey, great, you got your four. Now let's do a little role playing. Um, what is it that you do again? Could you tell me? Can you tell me about the company? Like what, what is the company all about? Because you talk about values and goals and ethics and you have these vision and mission statements. But do we ever use the performance review to check in to see how people are actually communicating 
what they're doing outside of the company. I'm just curious. Mm. Uh, go, go ahead, Dieter. Go, you first. No, that, that's an excellent question. Uh, and the answer is no, <laughs> sadly enough. Uh, but it, it is a very good point. So what we, uh, what we talked about a lot re recently is focusing a lot more on the why. Uh, I, both on, on the on the product management side, but, but also within engineering, really uh, talking about, yeah, what is our mission? What is the business value that we're creating? So we try to do that a lot more whenever we start a new feature or whenever we do a certain project, uh, even when it's technical refactors and whatever, and we always keep coming back to what is the business value that we're creating here. Uh, but still often it is top down and it would indeed be great to, to have people phrase it back to you to make sure they really understand. Yeah. Like pop quiz, you know, that, you know, what we do here as a company, if I didn't know what you did, could you explain to me what your company does? Like almost as a check-in, because I feel nowadays with social media, new forms of communication, your brand is really the summation of how your employees communicate what you do, right? It's not mm -hmm. necessarily what people are talking about when you're not there. It's what people are actually saying when they describe to their family members and friends. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious. I like that. And this, that's not something that we do now, Ryan, but mm. uh, it's something that I will be doing because yeah. um, I really like that. And the few times I have had conversations like that, especially with engineers, I'm always kind of surprised by the uh, the answers they give me. You know, they're, they're usually not at a loss for words, but they usually describe it in a, uh, in a unique and interesting way. Yeah. And it might give you an opportunity to say, look, you're, you're, you're playing yourself down here. Like, don't just tell people the role. You're not just an engineer. Like you're a problem solver. Talk about some of the things that you're actually doing. It gives you a chance to spark conversation around these larger topics, but that would be interesting. I will take a challenge to come up with a, a, a way to implement um, kind of a test, like a pop quiz, right? Tell me what you do. Cause it's, we, we talk about what we do all the time, but we don't get that guidance uh, in how sort of our superiors and, and how the company wants us to portray ourselves out there. Okay. I, I agree. And actually, you can even take this one step further, right? Because one thing is, what do you do? So what's your contribution? And somebody can say, like, for instance, Socdesk. So I'm building a contact center as a service. Or you can actually go one step further and say, I'm connecting people. I'm connecting someone that is in trouble with the right person that is actually going to help them out. Uh, and that's even, it's kind of even going ahead, right? It's like, okay, no, you're not just doing this. No, it's not just a piece of software. You're actually kind of, you know, having a higher purpose, solving a real problem for, for someone. Yeah, exactly. It should be about the business value and not about the operational thing that you're doing. Yeah, exactly. The outcome. Very well, very inspiring, definitely. Uh, so this was actually a very good moment. <clears throat> so we we have kind of five minutes left, more or less. Um, and so we are kind of walking towards the end. Um, usually, one thing that we really, really love to do is, you know, besides the the topic that today was about performance reviews, is you know, kind of to understand a little bit more about you know Dieter's brain, Bob's brain, and understand you know if let's say we were at the bar, you know, we, we talked about pints a couple of, of of minutes ago. I know for Bob it's, it's a little bit early, but let's say that we are in the bar in the pub. Um, uh, drinking a, a coffee, for instance, that's like Ryan, and I say, hey, I'm on a startup, you know, uh, I actually look uh, look to, to Better Cloud or to Calibre or even to you guys, like uh, some, someone that actually inspired me. So if you could only give me one advice, one engineering advice, what advice would that be? Uh, so we really would love for you, for you to share the answer with, uh, with the people that is currently watching us. 
Right. Uh, yeah, I can start. Uh, for, for me, the advice would be, uh, because every company is different, but eventually it's all about the people. Uh, and, and something I've been talking uh, a lot about uh, at Calibra, uh, if there's people from Calibra listening, they're probably tired of me saying it, but uh, I've been talking a lot about uh, cognitive bias. Uh, I think that that's a, a very powerful concept and, and just uh, we don't need to be all psychologists or, or uh, experts in cognitive bias. But just reading about it and, and, and getting the awareness around it, that, that everybody has a cognitive bias no matter what you do, but just being aware about it is, is extremely important. Uh, uh, so that, that's something I've been saying a lot uh, because it, it helped me a lot in, in, in yeah, putting things into context, uh, understanding people's reactions and, and sometimes also pointing people to it and, and uh, hoping that people point me to my cognitive bias. Uh, I think that's very important. Uh, but also, uh, like uh, what I really liked is the, the book Radical Candor, uh, especially in the context here of performance reviews, uh, the continuous performance uh, feedback. That's where Radical Candor is, is extremely important, getting that trust from, from people so you can give that, that feedback whenever, uh, whenever needed. Very good. Bob? Cool. Um, yeah, I'm going to quote uh, Camille Fournier from uh, Manager's Path where uh, she talked about the virtues of uh, laziness and then patience, um, saying to focus on going home. And we encourage going home because it forces us to constantly focus. So that like no matter where you are, um, you know, if, if you're not focused um, and you don't have a time crunch of like going home, then it's easy for everything to become important and you're working 80 hour weeks and things like that. Uh, and she uh, notes that as like, you know, a key way of great team scaling. I agree. Usually um, I say to my people that, you know, software engineering, it's not, it's not a sprint. It's actually a marathon. So I really want people to actually to be able to give the extra mile on the exact moment that I actually really need them to, to give that, that extra mile. Because if that's kind of almost like the norm, you're just going to 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 get some burned out people that uh, as soon as you notice they already they'll churn or they will do some mistake in production or they won't you know kind of you know they will just go down in their productivity although they don't realize that um so definitely i agree with that and, and actually a fun fact and just before passing the ball to you ryan is that actually we've talked about two books that are quite quite good so manager's path and radical candor is actually stuff that we definitely um, advise every manager to read and to, to get inspired because these are great great books over to you ryan you're on mute wait that was just a forced pause right because sometimes Sometimes you have to force the pause by mute. <laughs> All right. So here's what the notes look like. It's probably in reverse. Uh, but I did write down a lot of different things that I that sort of resonated. And then in honor of the five-point scale, I'm just going to talk about five. Now, I will let you know that you have all been involved in a performance review today, whether you've known it or not. Um, not part of the five, but I, I think the the... The, the conversation really is around, there's always a review going on. Like there's always constantly reviewing. So it's not that you just wait to the one time, but I was listening to every word that you said, and I'm gonna judge you all on a scale of one to five based on your performance. And your performance is a four. And the reason is because you never get fives. 
Okay, so that's lesson number one. <laughs> Four and a half. I do that sometimes. God. Don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. A five, a five is is actually funny because it really should just be a one to four because it sounds like nobody ever gets five. So I just want to clear the air there. Okay. Um, the one thing that really struck me was this idea of using performance reviews to catch things before they become issues. And I yeah. think this is important so that it's not about, wait, I can't deal with this until the next performance review, which is in six months or which is in a year. So as a default, you know, using the ability to communicate with people isn't just about those meetings. It's about continuously looking at it. Um, the second thing is this idea of radical candor is that I can explain something to you, but if I'm fearful of it coming across as too harsh, then the learning really doesn't happen. And I think that it's tough when you're behind the desk giving the review, but culturally you have to set that up before the meeting starts. And so I think that's the key is that looking at the cultural, looking at the values, looking at the ethics, if you really do that right, the radical candor isn't radical. It's just honest candor. And the third part, which I think is interesting is to challenge yourself in your next performance review, after all said and done, actually use it as an opportunity to ask the person how they describe what they do. And I love this concept because you're evaluating people on what they do, right? But when was the last time you asked your employee, pretend I know I don't know you and I met you at an event and I asked you, what do you actually do? I think that could really spark some of the gaps between what you want them to do and what you think uh, that they should do and what they think they should do. It's like a, a Bermuda Triangle there, right? Um, and then <clears throat> number four is going to be this idea of busy. I, I heard somebody say that, you know, we are all busy and we're so focused on our work and we might spend so much time about whether it's quarterly or whether it's daily or whether it's weekly, but you can never be too busy to have a performance review. And, and I think that that probably gets in the way a lot. I'm too busy to have a review right now. No, no, it's not a matter of being busy, right? And then the final one is this idea of why. I think in every performance review, if you're not reaffirming from top down, saying, look, let's just remind ourselves why we're here. Um, you talk about the satisfaction and contribute uh, contribution scores. What a great way to tease out um, how connected they are with the brand promise overall. So in retrospect to review, you all got a four, which is great. Okay. Now there's always some room to improve because you're never going to get a five, but I didn't tell you that, <laughs> but it's really about this continual, this continual learning. And I think that it's a, it's a form of respect at the end of the day, the more you check in with your employees, the more the expectations are managed. Um, but you have to be careful not to micromanage. And it's interesting to see these different perspectives, uh, but hopefully we can use the performance reviews to get these maybe introverts a little bit more out of their shells and maybe the extroverts uh, a little bit more focused. But I think at the end of the day, uh, a four is pretty solid. So you guys did good. I'm proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> job well done. <laughs> All right. So we will see everyone back for their next performance review uh, next Monday, if you'd like to join. In fact, you can be the performance reviewer on the next podcast. And in fact, you can review all of our podcasts. In fact, we would love your review. <laughs> we would love for you to give comments. We'd love for you to share. Make sure to connect to these guys out there, because if they sparked something that you might want to learn more about, connect with them on LinkedIn, reach out to them. And I think that by the fact that they're here sharing their expertise means that they could potentially be a great contact for you to help you build your business, to go from startup, to go to scale up. Uh, and the one thing is true is that we're all going to have these growing pains.
uh, but together we can grow and learn. So on behalf of this performance review, um, I will work all the paperwork and send it to your managers. Uh, and, and from that point, we will go and hopefully see you guys continue to grow within the company because when you grow, we grow and let's all grow together. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much, Ryan. Thank you okay. all. Well, we'll see you guys later. Enjoy and uh, good luck on your next review. Thank you.